talking. <laughs> I'll wait for you to talk, and then I'll, and then I'll eat the apple. Mm-hmm. Okay, folks, welcome back to the Life of Sweet podcast. You know who we are. Yeah. You know where we are. <laughs> <laughs> I say it every time. We haven't. We haven't left. But you don't know what. Uh, you don't know when we are, and we are in August. It's August twenty first. August twenty first, twenty twenty two. And uh, so it's still summertime here in uh, in uh, Winnipeg. It will be for a few more days, yep. <laughs> weeks, hopefully. We'll see. You never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weather's still been good, and we've are working uh, furiously like little. What works hard? What's an animal that works? Beavers. I don't. Maybe you are. I'm working more sloth-like. You're working more sloth-like. Well, your job involves less physical uh, movement well i've rediscovered in the last week or two the magic of coffee um are you allowed to drink coffee you you are there's a limit oh yeah jill's still pregnant by the way yeah still just incredibly pregnant very pregnant this is the last one we're doing before yeah the baby arrives this is the penultimate uh episode the ultimate yeah oh yeah sorry the ultimate You'd think an English teacher would know the difference between ultimate and penultimate. Oh, my brain has been turned off for several months now. Uh, it won't be turned off again in at least over a year. Um, I might start thinking... Turned on again. You <laughs> see? Um, I may turn it on probably at the start of next August. It's weird. When I'm sharper than you are, usually no. it's much the other way around. Yeah, summer mode plus baby brain has... Uh, not been kind to the intellect, but I also... There's been a hell of a lot of relaxing going on. I'm very fine with it. I'm also, like, I've personally banned myself from lighting candles because I've lost the ability to remember that I've lit a candle. Um, Have you? That's good to know that you've lost that ability. I'm just <laughs> finding out about this now. <laughs> We have loads of candles in this house. I have not been lighting them um, because I it just... You've heard about uh, toddler-proofing your home. How about wife-proofing your Pregnant home? Pregnant wife-proofing uh, your house. I did it myself, though. I was like, you know what? I think um, I had like one of the jar candles, and like it, what, it was like the end of the candle. It was low down in the jar. There's no danger of like fire breaking out, but I did leave it. Um, I forgot that I had lit it, and I left it, and I was like, okay, no more candle lighting until I'm like capable of remembering uh the other thing that is actually is is the cats um these cats are not candle careful um in the way that Jean was um even though Jean was a lot more flammable um as a big fluffy cat he he stayed off the tables he didn't really go near them so I was able to uh light candles but these guys are both like if they see something interesting on the table they'll get on the table and sniff it so I'm a little more, uh, I don't have as many places that are cat friendly. They'll stick their face in cups and stuff. Anything. I don't think they'll stick their face in a candle. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've just, I guess because Jean's been, or not Jean, Vlad has been younger, so I've just been a little more careful. But anyways, yeah, so lots of relaxing. Um, I mean, I always go into relaxing. You've built yourself a new nest. You yeah. acquired yourself a new nest. I acquired a new We're nest. We're podcasting from a fancy new to us ikea lounger couch this was um you, this kind of acquiring this couch definitely made me feel like the i've still got it vibes uh when it comes to acquiring used or thrifted type things i think we've uh, ranted and scolded before about uh, the price of used items on yeah. facebook marketplace so i been... like but there's still folks out there who know how to yeah. do it and I have to say, I um, big shout out to my years of working in sort of consignment stores and antique shops. My spidey senses for figuring out if the person selling something is like normal-ish, whatever that means, but like seems to be a relatively stable <laughs> person <laughs> is pretty good. Well, when you wade into Facebook Marketplace, it's a grab bag of humanity. You don't really know what you're going to get. Yeah, but I'm I'm pretty good at reading the, like, just, like, parsing the way that, like, the ads are written and the way that people respond. Um, So... But how do you... That's actually a good skill to know. Like, how do you... 
how do you decide from like um, Facebook Marketplace or Kijiji Post whether someone is you know operating on on uh, our level of reality? Yeah, uh, they're thinking logically. They're connected to the it's corporeal a, plane. It's hard. Or to, whether it's an they art. are, it's an art. Yeah, it's an art that is like what fo- like do they post photos that indicate to me that they understand what somebody is looking for in this product. Like when I was looking for the stroller slash car seat, um, I like if, if the photos showed the condition of the fabric and the expiry date on the car seat and like a couple different angles, that's a good sign because they're like capable of thinking, what would another human who wants this item be looking for? The way that they write, um, like the, the language that they use in the ad. Um, and then the price is a real tell, right? Do they understand? That's probably the biggest one, obviously. Um, like, you know, it's easy to look up. How much is this item retail? And um, are they charging like a half or a quarter of the retail price? And does that match with the condition of the item? So the one that we ended up getting... Um, that like I found and my, my parents bought for us, which is very kind of them. Um, I think it was under half of the retail price and the car seat still has like a year and a half, two years until it expires. Um, and it was like, it's, it's in, like, it looks like new, look at, it smells like baby, but it doesn't look like it's really been used. It looks good. It's pristine. Um, and it came with like, uh, the, the winter, like baby wrap thing and the rain guard and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was a good indication that the person selling it was just a regular, like, I know this is a nice item, but I don't want it in my house, that sort of deal. And, uh, the gentleman was very friendly. He showed us how to use it, gave us a little demo, helped us carry it out. Um, but the couch that, uh, so the couch odyssey, um, these Ikea, I think they're called the Fry Hetton couches. Um, it's, uh, it's like a, like a sofa bed, right? Like you can. It's a sofa bed. It has a pullout portion. Yeah. Uh, it goes into like a full big size bed. I don't know. Is it queen size? If you laid on it a certain way. It's a big. Like I think you're meant to lay on it with, um, yeah, it, it's probably not the world's most comfortable sleep. No, it won't be. Because it's sectioned up. The thing is, yeah, it's sectioned up. Yeah. So you can, it was easy to transport in multiple sections and didn't weigh like a ton. Yeah. Like the old, uh, pull out Hide mm. a bed that I had before yes, I that met was a you. Beast. Do you. Did you? Oh lose? yeah, we got rid of that. That was oh, free. We, it lasted into into your era. Yeah, interesting. That was um. Was it? Was it in this? It, like when I moved in here, you had three couches, <laughs> um, and a giant probably four beer actually. empty pyramid. Those, we had three couches arranged in a U in the living room. Maybe There's one, one in more the in the sunroom. Sun yeah, it you was, need multiple. When you're a bachelor, you have a lot of people over. A lot of dudes, a lot of dude hanging space. But anyways, so you got to have yeah, you got to have your U of couches, yeah, with your coffee table in the middle with your uh, <laughs> CRT television, yeah, uh, thirty two inch or whatever. I no, think I think you, I have like did, you eighteen didn't have inch. A, did you have a CRT? Maybe you did. Oh yeah, I feel I like did. your computer was out here too. I don't uh, know. I think probably just watching TV on the. On I've the laptop blocked out a point. lot of that. No desktop, setup. and uh, you got to have a big ass. Pyramid of beer empties. Yeah. There's two of them actually, an upstairs and a downstairs beer pyramid. Yeah. Um, but so our it, old, it was brilliant. It looked brilliant. Okay. That's enough uh, insight into pr- my pre-jill. Matter of aesthetic opinion. But And we'll close the door on that. <laughs> Back to the So it's a sectional. Time. Um our old couch was perfectly structurally sound, um, but the fabric was getting pretty pretty wild the buttons had kind of come off it just didn't feel like baby friendly well like no it's nobody friendly it was disgusting it was an old grandma couch yeah that i got for free yeah uh that had already been through multiple generations probably yeah. um i think it was in the sunroom when i moved in i think it was the sunroom couch it's been in the basement as well really this was just hmm. this was just the one that was uh left over yeah so lasted. we we've been using that for a decade. It was um, great for the cats. Oh yeah, great for spilling stuff on. Fantastic. I don't like 
nice furniture. No, you gotta say, like, me neither. New furniture, nice looking furniture, sucks. Yeah, because like it's the same thing about like having like a buying a new car or whatever. Right. Yeah. Or having anything that's like new or nice is mm-hmm. like it's something bad is going to happen to it eventually. <laughs> I'd rather have something that has had a few bad things happen to yeah. it, but it's structurally sound. So. Um, my thinking I, was... I, I think those things look cool, by the way, as well. Yeah. I usually think new things uh, look like shit. Yeah. That's just me. Well, so our thinking was, or my thinking was, um, like these little Ikea sectionals, and specifically this one, that they're kind of built for apartments, and our house is very apartment-like. Um, our house is a, is a cottage. Yeah. It's more... There's cabins. Yeah. <laughs> most people, most cabins... Are uh, bigger than our house. Yeah, so take a tr- it's, take it's, a drive up to Grand Beach and look at those uh, cottages up there, or out to the White Shell or whatever. Our house is smaller than most of the. Yeah, so the it's cottages. a sectional, but it's a pretty small one. Um, but it uh, it fits into the corner of our house or our living room a lot neat neater than sort of the old couch. Um, but gives us like it's it's actually pretty because it's a sofa bed. It's pretty wide. Um, so I was like, I'm going to be able to like set a baby on here and kind of, the only thing is, is that it sucks to sit on. Uh, <laughs> it's not comfortable at all. Uh, uh, so like it's growing on me. I'm getting you used can't to it. You don't sink it into it. You can't sit on it properly. I'm lounged at sort of like, I'm open, <laughs> like a, it doesn't have a, high like back. a 75 it has a degree back. angle. Yeah. There's like uh, three soft pillows that it came with that we need. We need more pillows. We need more foam-backed pillows. I think once uh, we when get... grandparents or people come over here to visit the baby, there'll be like Jill lounged on <laughs> all taking up the whole couch, and then we're gonna have to bring in folding chairs <laughs> for well, that's our house, anyways. Um, but yeah, not, we just, not comfortable. It we sucks. Need, we need a few. Okay. But it's rules also also. We need a few more cushions. Um the thrifted the collection of thrifted blankets has like come in handy. We've just kind of using those as slip covers. Um but uh it's it's actually got storage as well. Like you can lift up the one yeah, side. Yeah, that's why it also could, rules. Yeah, with our house more storage. We, could, we could pop, you know, um blankets and extra things underneath there. Um, but anyways, uh, we found this, I've been looking for ages and, uh, these Freyhetten couches, I think up until like the pandemic, they were between six and 800 bucks new. Sudden who couches? No, Freyhetten, not even close. Oh. Um, <laughs> they were, they were about six to 800 bucks from Ikea, which, uh, yeah, that's that's whatever. But I guess there's like a global sofa shortage. I don't know. Um, and the I- IKEA has really jacked the price on this. So that these are twelve hundred bucks when they're in stock, which I would not pay for this couch at all. Who's Fryhetten? I don't know. It's just a word that they made up. Who made it up? Where Ikea. does it come from? Oh, Ikea, Ikea made it up. That's the name. That's, that's the, the, name. the IKEA name. Yeah, it's the IKEA name. It's the Anders Hedberg couch style <laughs> and um so yeah not i was not going to pay 1200 but people uh selling this exact couch on um facebook marketplace have been listing them for 800 bucks what they almost certainly paid retail for them years previously i guess uh taking advantage of ikea jacking the price in like and it, it the price went up very recently like when I last time when I looked at this in store, it was not twelve hundred dollars. So it's gone up pretty recently, um, and then people have been posting their like eight hundred dollar couches, worn out looking. Like this couch is twelve hundred dollars new. Yes. Holy shit! Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. It's too much. Uh, it was. <laughs> we paid too much for it. Used. <laughs> it was half under half price. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with this couch. Like, no. it's in perfect condition. Yeah. It's just, like, really shitty. <laughs> it's okay. It will be okay. And it's growing <laughs> on us. Um, but anyways, I... The extra storage in the bed is good. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Um, the gentleman who was selling it was moving, motivated to get rid of it, even helped us move it. Um, to he our was very place. nice. I forget his name, but he was a nice guy. If you're one of our listeners, thanks 
for the couch. <laughs> you're, you're welcome for the money in exchange for the couch. Um, but yeah, it, it's... Uh, Thanks for accepting our money and giving us a couch in return. Yeah, no, it was... It was uh, the least you could have done pleasant. Is, is helped us move it. No. Which you did. So we're very you grateful for that. He didn't have to that. do that. He didn't have nice. to. He went above and beyond. And, so uh, thank you, So Facebook it's here now, guy. which was nice, because we didn't have to get a truck. Half of it fit in our car, and the other half in this fellow's um, sport. Subaru. Subaru Outback. Thing. Yeah. Um, so it, it we got it all to our place. It was actually, and Justin came and helped us put it together. Relatively painless, although John... I don't know, wrenched for his you. elbow. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't. I wrenched my arm with a wrench. Yeah. With a Allen wrench, you, with all a, those little Allen keys. There is a part underneath. of it where you have to get underneath. And I can still feel it. This is like a couple, like two weeks ago. <laughs> my God. I gave myself carpal tunnel putting together this couch with this <laughs> Allen, <laughs> Allen key. It's, it's insane. They should have on the instructions, uh, uh, not to be assembled by anyone over 40. <laughs> um, normally, I would be the one scrabbling underneath to do that. Um, but, uh, well, you don't fit with no, your belly anymore. I don't, I don't scrabble very well at the moment. Um, you could roll pretty well. <laughs> not even that. <laughs> um, so anyways, we've got the couch. I feel much better. Um, John is in the midst of house renovations. I am. I'm almost done, 80% too. 80% of our house is in progress. If you had seen our house last year versus how it looks now, you wouldn't even recognize it. That's because it looks like a tornado hit it right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not because anything's done. <laughs> no, not like for the wow factor. You'd be like, oh my God, what happened? What happened? Are you okay? Yeah. Is... <laughs> I mean, what has happened? So, um, do we need I, to take you to a shelter? I had to bring home my whole classroom. Not even my whole classroom, but I had to bring home my classroom because I'm transferring schools um, post this mat leave. So I couldn't really leave anything, and um, so just boxes of of random classroom stuff that I won't be using for another year, um, and then uh, John has been doing the hard work taking the old linoleum off the kitchen floor, scraping it up. And then in my office, which will be baby slash craft room, um, there was some pretty hefty ceiling damage. Have we talked about this before? Our leaky roof saga? I think we've discussed the, the We probably shouldn't go roof. too far into that rabbit hole because like... We That'll just, be like a three-hour episode. Yeah, just let a, me let me talk about it. Don't okay. jump in. I'll right. keep it short. Okay. Okay. So, uh, uh, we when I bought this house fifteen years ago or whatever, it needed a new roof back then. After a couple of years, after Jill had moved in, uh, we paid someone to redo the roof, which they did. Uh, the guy. Uh, had never done a roof before, unbeknownst yeah. to us. The guy that we hired hired another guy mm -hmm. who had never done a roof before. Yeah. So uh, we didn't know that. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. So, uh, so um, you know, the roof started leaking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> immediately. Oh, it started leaking immediately, but those things only show up. The damage only shows up a couple years after, yeah. which it did. So, uh uh, we got lots, lots of paint peeling. Wondering, like, hmm, why is our, why is the paint peeling off our ceiling uh, everywhere with our new roof? This never happened before with the old roof, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, one trip up, poked a head up into the attic uh, during a rainstorm, and it was apocalyptic. Let yeah. me tell you, it's better now. So this year, me and me and my brother replaced half of the roof. Yeah, uh, where the majority of the uh, of the leaks were coming in. Uh, we also. Before that, we'd hired a professional to come last year to fix the roof, which yeah. they didn't. So $1,500 down the toilet. Just like the uh, five grand it, it no cost more to, hiring uh, to get the new roof. Yeah. Um, so then like plus like, okay, now 1500 for new shingles to do half the roof ourselves, me and my brother, which mm -hmm. we had never done a roof before either. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Uh, so we did that. We did half the roof. We st I stuck my head up during a rainstorm. Guess what? No leaks on the half that me and my brother did. Yeah. So shout out to Justin there. Mm -hmm. So there's still one small leak on the other half of the roof yeah. that we didn't do. 
Uh, so that will need to be addressed at some point. Hopefully it's just like a loose nail that can be pounded back and tarred yeah. up or whatever. But uh, you know what? Done half a roof n- now. May yeah. Doing uh, doing the next half next year won't be such of an ordeal. Yeah. So uh, this over the past year, mm-hmm. uh, well, basically since like COVID started and uh, ejected me from my former job, um, I've basically learned how to do. I'm a handyman now. Yeah. I've completely reinvented myself. Mm-hmm. I'm rebranding <laughs> uh, as not a support worker, but like as a jack of all trades uh, handyman. Yeah. Kind kind of guy. Uh, so yeah. I plastered, I basically replastered the ceiling in one of our rooms. Yeah, that used big, to be big Jill's. chunks of it came down. Yeah, from the water damage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the plaster was just like, was pooched. Um, so I had to like learn how to, uh, learn how to rip out old plaster from like a hundred year old ceiling and mm-hmm. uh, replace it, make a new ceiling from yeah. scratch. And it looks pretty damn good, I might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not professional <laughs> level, not at all. Uh, I mean, but it looks, it looks really first... shitty uh, if you're looking for any sort of like, uh, let's say, uh, aesthetically pleasing standard. But it's no longer but, a gaping hole to the attic in the baby room. Yeah, it should be is... structurally sound for <laughs> yeah, like decades. The point. No. Yeah. Which is the point. So that's one of the things. So the roof... The ceiling, and now the floor, yeah, which is the thing that we've been talking about threatening to do for, I don't know, like 10 years now. Yeah. But we were never able to get to the floor part because the roof was always leaking. Yes. And always causing damage on the ceiling. So we were constantly uh, having to, to like, pay or fix yeah. uh, the ceiling or the roof. But whatever. We finally probably caught up now. And... Pro- and uh, Knock the on wood. F- knock on wood. The flooring is ordered. And now I'm going to do a floor for the first mm. time as well. And it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm going to do a good job. It is. Yeah. Um, I, I do good work. Justin's going to come help out. Did you hear that, Justin? You're coming to help us out? <laughs> Whether he likes it or not. Um, but yeah, so John's almost got the ceiling oh, done. A but major that's... shout out to Justin as well. Oh, because yeah. like he... Um, he's actually done the majority of, of the work for, uh, <laughs> keeping this house from just like falling to pieces or like dissolving into dust, yeah, 100%. uh, over the time that, that we've lived here. Mm-hmm. It was in, it was in really rough shape. Now it is like, uh, I'd say it's, it's at least in middling to, uh, uh acceptable shape. Yeah. So John's so just uh, John's just getting the ceiling fixed up. It's all been a bit of like a just kind of shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. So it took me, uh, due to being incredibly pregnant, not having a lot of energy, um, it took me quite a long time to get the office sort of cleaned up with all my classroom stuff and just get things out of the way so John could work and drop sheet properly. Um, A lot of stuff is stacked in the living room and our bedroom right now. Um, There's sort of bags of baby clothes. I've got my, you know, craft what's-its around. Um, And so once the office is, the, the ceiling is done, then we clean up, we move things into that room. And then, um... But that'll that'll move and and really the living room kitchen is the majority of the floor plan of our house so that'll be a big um, big shuffling uh, we're putting in vinyl plank flooring and just right now we have kind of two different heights of floor we're making it all continuous um, the wooden floors that are in the kitchen are not baby friendly they splinter. Um, it's we're just making it a lot more like friendly to those who crawl <laughs> um and making it look a little neater and more continuous so um yeah that's kind of the the last big piece um and then i can start really putting together the baby room um not going like super crazy hardcore there um we've got the basics do a little decorating but it's also going to be like you know the place where my crafts live, at least when the baby is small. Um, so we'll see how that works out. Okay. Talk about natural dying. <laughs> it's the time. No, no, I've already done that. I'm, 
I've done a little Canada's bit. Canada's foremost natural dying podcast. Not, no. Let's, I don't even think that. I think there's probably other ones. You think ones. so? Okay. How about Man- Manitoba's mm-hmm. foremost natural dying Maybe, podcast? I don't know. Um, no, I, I've, I've done only a little bit since the last podcast. I did do a, like an indigo vat, um, dyed some things blue, including some baby things and some bandanas and stuff like that. Um, nothing too hardcore. I, I'm kind of past the point where I have the energy to haul around pots of water and um, keep on top of it enough. So I think I'll save any more natural dying for the fall um, once we've kind of got a handle on the baby. And um, now I'm just kind of, I've got embroidery kits that uh, I've, I've started ages ago and I'm just finishing up and um, getting my baby bag packed for the hospital. Um, the baby, uh, we're not sure exactly where she's at right now, but she has been sitting breech, which means she's had her butt down. Um, she's, she hasn't been in the ideal baby exit position. Um, so I do have a C-section scheduled for September. Um, but in the last few days, it's felt like she might've flipped. Uh, but I'm kind of, it's hard to like... I don't know. I can't always tell what bit is sticking out of the baby, so I'm not 100% sure what's what's floating up to the top. What are you fe- what are your feelings on uh, C-sections, dear? Oh, I think they're fine. Um I think a lot of people um I guess it depends on if you know people who've had them. Do you know anyone who's had a C-section? <laughs> uh well, my mom. Uh so my brother and I were both emergency C-sections. Um I have friends who've had them. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a surgery, so I get that that's always scary. But I, I've, um, I don't really, like, I'm not afraid of the dentist. I've never really been afraid. I haven't had major surgery, but I, I've had, like, the wisdom teeth where they put you under completely. Um, like, I've never minded medical procedures. I don't have procedures. wisdom teeth, so that's never happened to me. Yeah, you lucky. There's a little bit of John lore for you. <laughs> I do not have wisdom teeth. They never came in. That explains a lot, doesn't it? About what? Why I have no wisdom, obviously. Oh my god. Okay. All right. You didn't uh, get that. That's what I was. That's what I was trying to. <laughs> that was the the weird kind of bad joke I was. Okay. All right. <laughs> Continue. It's the barrage of dad jokes is hard to keep up with. Well, get used to it. They're not stopping anytime soon. I know. Um, I don't know. I'm not... um, I think just like the typical, like, you know, you could get infections and all these things. But um, generally speaking, I'm not somebody who gets freaked out by by medical procedures. Have you had surgery before? Mm, Well, like the wisdom tooth thing. That's not surgery, No, no, I I haven't had major surgery. Um, Unlike me, I have. You have, yes. We can talk about that later. Um, but uh, no, I, I've i never even stayed in a hospital. What? Not since I was born. Holy smokes. Yeah. Well, you're going to have a nice little hospital holiday. Yeah, perhaps. so I've been packing my my bag with, with the idea that, um, or just keeping in mind that I might be there for, I think if you have a C-section, if everything goes well, you're there for two to four days. Um, and then of course, if you, if you have complications or the baby needs to spend time in the NICU, um, you could be there for a little bit longer. Hopefully there are no complications. It's a bad time to be in the uh, ICU at the moment. Yeah. Um, women's hospital is a little better. It is still short staffed. Um, they do their best. Um, but I've, I've heard that like triage can be very slow like slower than usual um just because they have less people available for assessment um so it's not that your doctors get pulled it's more the nurses um they get pulled to other i can't imagine what being a nurse has been like over the last three years so if any nurses or healthcare workers Mm -hmm. are listening um well what's not to say about you guys um well, so it all you guys deserve better. Yes, so uh, solidarity 100%. to all of all of you, all yeah. the healthcare workers. Take so, care of yourselves. Yeah. So kind of planning for like the most extreme scenario, 
Um, but uh, I kind of put the bag together, but I I didn't quite put it together how I wanted it, so I kind of have to redo it. Um, I've got snacks in there. Uh, I've had gestational diabetes, so I've been on a more restricted diet for the last few months, and so I've packed myself some treats in there for after my placenta is gone and the only person I'm hurting with Oreos is myself. What <laughs> happens to the placenta after the birth uh, time? Depends, I guess. Like, if you want it, I don't know if they put it in like a little takeout box for you or something. I don't know. You get a little takeout box. <laughs> with your placenta in it. I don't know. So you can fry it up at home? Ah, some people dry them out. Some people want to bury them. I don't want my placenta back. Um, you can grind it up into dust and put a little I bit in you your can... coffee every morning. Ugh, gross. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, everyone. For... <laughs> no, but people get it made into capsules and then eat them. Nice. Yeah. That's for its uh, psychedelic effects. I, I don't. No, for no effect. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. I don't know. I, whatever. You people, do. People do stuff. Okay. We get it. You people do stuff. Placenta. Do whatever you no want judgment. with your placenta. It's fine. It's yours. It's your placenta. You grew it. You do yeah. what you want with it. It's got your DNA. Not for me. Um, I will probably, I think you can donate them um, because they're, they've got like stem cells in the in the umbilical cord and the placenta or something, um, I don't care what they do with it. They can take it, and I wouldn't even want to see it if it was me. I'd like no. to not. No, there's. Uh, um, are you going to watch uh, your birth <laughs> no. on the big mirror TV? No, I think there's a yeah. It, I don't. I haven't been in the rooms, but in the pamphlet from the hospital, um, it does say that there's a big mirror they could tilt towards you, and I'm going to request that it be tilted away. Um, I don't really want to watch myself be vivisected, um, which is is kind of what happens, right? They they do an incision. You're still still talking C-sections now. Yeah, this is if 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 it's not a birth. Uh, the natural birth can be just as gory. Yeah, I've also so I've heard. Also, would not want. I will not be watching any of that. No, I. Don't. I'll be in the room, but I'm staying around the the head. Part. The head. Yeah, my wife's head. It's always a the best option um but yeah like i personally would not want to watch my own c-section because they like they cut you open and then they um they push all the things out of the way right they push your bladder down they push your kidney i might want to watch that actually. uh you could you go nuts that seems like it could be a little satisfying you could put my eye mask on me so that i can't <laughs> see it my little cat nap uh <laughs> sleep mask I'll, i could be wearing that um what are the how many chances do you get to see like your wife's uh large intestine i don't know if you get to see that part you don't get to see the intestine i don't know she just said she's like yeah we move your bowels to the side those so are maybe, your bowels yeah maybe large that. or small intestines your bladder you, down she's like your little um like your the the little pipes that run from your kidney to your bladder they move to the side your ureters whatever the, I think that's what they're the called. The drain pipes. Sound off in the comments, uh, anatomy <laughs> folks. And then, um, and then they cut into your uterus and they pull the baby and um, pull the afterbirth and all that stuff. Um, what do you do with the uh, the afterbirth? We just talked about that. Oh, that's the placenta. Yeah. Oh, placenta is afterbirth. Yeah. It's oh, the same okay. thing. Well, I get it. Because it comes after the birth. No. No way. <laughs> okay. Um, Learning new things. Yeah. So they, how they do it, it just depends on how you respond. They, um, uh, babies, when they're born cesarean section, come out a little shell-shocked. Well, uh, they're not, well, I they, imagine they... Or they're just very, like, they're very quiet and surprised because they haven't No one had, notified them that it was uh, outside yeah, day yeah, today. Yeah. So they're, um, the doctor said, like... Usually they don't cry for like the first like five minutes. No one minutes. tells them that they're using their lungs for the first time. Yeah. Um, they haven't uh, had the, you know, the warning shots of contractions and squeezing through the pelvis to really give them a, a wake up call. Um, so they've just been peacefully floating. And then all of a sudden somebody reaches in and just like yanks them out. So it takes them a while after the yeah. <laughs> to to notice that they're on the outside then. Yeah. So and and um I think that sometimes Well that's good then. If you That seems a little less traumatic than being 
squeezed through like the uh, the toilet roll. Well, but there's also part of the. Let me me try that again. (laughs) It seems less traumatic than being squeezed through the toilet paper roll. Yeah, it's bigger than that. But um, (laughs) the the squeezing through the pelvis, like it does. I mean, it does serve a function, right? Like it, they they clears their lungs and it it helps them kind of get going a little bit faster with. um, being born cesarean, they need a little more help to get breathing and they might need more resuscitation. And they actually have like a, a separate area where you can't see what's happening if they really need to resuscitate the baby. I think because I heard something. Moms don't really uh, like seeing that. When, no. Yeah. You don't want to see your blue baby. No. It's. I would prefer if they take it away and then bring it back once it's alive. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, so they'll, I don't know exactly the procedure after she talked more about the surgery, um, but they'll clean up the baby and then you do the skin to skin. So they bring it, um, so what is the skin to skin? You've been talking about the skin to skin. That's like your bonding time after the baby's born. And what, what does the skin to skin do? Um, it starts to get your body, um, producing like oxytocin, like the bonding hormones, um, it helps your body start to understand that the baby's born now. It's time to start producing like colostrum milk, like started to get the machinery, um, going. And then for your baby, like babies can't thermoregulate. Um, so it helps the baby stay Slow warm. down there, doc. You gotta <laughs> keep it simple. Babies I'm can't, just a simple country Babies man. can't sweat or shiver to regulate their own body heat. So babies rely on you um, to provide warmth for them. So skin to skin helps them feel warm. And for them, it's also bonding, um, especially if they can hear your voice, which they've been hearing the whole way through. You know, it's pretty scary being born. Uh, It's pretty surprising. And you're just a tiny little nugget. Um, so it's calming for the baby to just be on your skin, on your chest, being able to feel the vibrations and, and hear your voice. Um, so it's like a bonding time. And then, um, depending on your baby, they may or may not do their first feed. Um, it all kind of depends on you and the baby and whether or not, uh, you're producing, whether or not they get the whole latching thing figured out. Um, but that's kind of what the midwife is there to help you with. And, uh, you'll be nude through this whole process, correct? <laughs> well, on the bottom half, yes, the part they are operating on. So you're going Donald Duck style. Yeah, kind of. Like I, I've got my, my little, uh, you know, my little, my little sport nursing bra that I can, I can wear at top. I probably would, but, uh, I can be nude though, right? For sure. Yeah. Okay. They like that. Um, especially when I thought it's preferred. <laughs> no, you'll have a cap, you'll have a gown, um, you'll have a mask. You'll be, you'll look like you're like surgical, surgical ready. I want uh, the big gloves. I want surgical gloves. <laughs> I want the big gloves. I want a mask. I want a hat. That's it. I think you'll just be uh, asked to to wash up. Um, I don't know if you'll have gloves, but you will have a, a gown and a cap and a mask. Um, because of course with surgery happening, the less contamination, the better. Will they have, uh, the machine that goes bing? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been in the room yet. Well, if they don't have that, I'll be disappointed. So that's a C-section. The possibility for natural birth is always there too. She could do a flip. Um, and so why are people, okay. <laughs> is natural birth preferable to C-section? I, it depends. I on the, it's all, it all depends. That. Like some people get really wound up about the idea of doing a natural birth, um, like no drugs, vaginally, all that jazz. And if you can do that, great. Um, but for some people, if your baby's too big, um, if your baby's not in the right position, if your baby's in distress, if you're in distress... Um, and it's not the safest option, then a C-section is fine. Drugs are fine, right? Like it's, it's fine to take painkillers. It's, you don't need, you don't need to experience the pain to become a mother. Like some people, I think it seems like 
nobody I've talked to, but like online, you definitely get this attitude that like, like drugs are cheating or things like that, which is crazy. People, well, people seem to love to punch themselves more and more these days. I don't really yeah. know why. I mean, for for points, for merit points, yeah, on Instagram or something, or yeah. with you, if you have a social group, which yeah. very few people even have anymore. But if you're competing with someone, then you need to have points for you need to get points somehow. So yeah, you get more points by uh, by torturing yourself. I guess, um, and like some people don't, don't really need like if if, if you're. Um, you know, if you're able to just get it over with, if it's relatively smooth and it doesn't last that long, then it, you know, the drugs aren't worth it because the drugs usually like, last longer than the labor and then you're stuck with the effects of the drugs yeah. for longer. Well, the, the most, the only important thing in a birth is if the mother and the baby are healthy. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's, those are the only important Is everyone things. alive? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Let's take it from there. Yeah. And then like how it happens or what the process was or where it happens. Yeah. Uh, people get very uh, attached to those sorts of details where you, you're not in really in control of a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And, and some people get really... I, um, I have a very hard time understanding that type of mentality i think some people get hung up on the issue of taking drugs as well like and it sometimes they don't understand how the different types of anesthetic work right like they don't that understand seems to be a thing as well like they don't understand like the nuts and bolts of the birth process and so therefore it becomes like more of like an aesthetic well and they don't decision or something um like, that. like you know you could have uh like an epidural or a spinal is administered directly into your spinal column. Um, it doesn't enter your bloodstream and does not enter the baby's bloodstream. So people, I think, sometimes mistakenly think that um, getting getting a spinal or an epidural will make the baby sluggish or whatever it is. Um, but really, it's not... It's not um, it's not entering into into your bloodstream in a way that it can reach the baby anyways. The baby is sluggish because the baby was not expecting to be born um, and didn't go through the, the wake-up call of, of, of vaginal birth. Um, and then if you do get an IV with, like, Demerol or something, like, yes, that can the baby can be a little bit sluggy after that. Yeah, I think there's... We watched a great series of videos mm-hmm. on YouTube. <laughs> we didn't get all our uh, birthing info on YouTube, but no. um, I think like the, this going, I don't know, being your partner through your pregnancy and whatever, mm-hmm. like what stood out to me is um, I guess like one, like how very little uh, women know about the practicalities of giving birth. Um, like that knowledge seems to not be passed on uh, very well. And like two, that lacking that information because men don't really get that information at all yeah it was all an eye-opener for me mm-hmm. i'm not even going to talk about it you can look it up if you want it's all <laughs> readily available we have the google now but uh um like it's serious business mm-hmm. and potentially quite like very traumatic but yeah. there is a logical like process yeah. to it like your body uh it's a biological process that your body is uh, preparing for and it's yeah. like built to do. So um, if you know sort of like the basics of what that process is, then a lot of the mystery gets wiped away and you kind of can understand what's important in the birthing process and what is yeah. like just literal, um, I don't know, fashion, I yeah. suppose. But like with women, especially new mothers, probably uh, going into birth, and I'm going to say, I don't know, more like middle class mothers will do some more middle class bashing, but um, they don't understand the nuts and bolts of giving birth, and it becomes. Uh, but they're more interested in. Or they get an idealized version. An idealized, yeah, they have an idealized version of what even giving if they birth know, is. like a lot of people I know who um, they know what happens, they know the risks, they know the potential for complications, but you still have this vision of being able like well if i do the right things i'll have the perfect birth and that tends to be when you talk to 
women or I've talked to women, the first baby is you do that for. You're like, I want to have the bathtub and do no drugs and, and all these things. And, um, which is great if you can do that. You absolutely should because the birth center is a lovely, calm place. Having a midwife is a good experience. Like if you can have that, you absolutely should. Um, but um, things can can shift very quickly. Um, even even a small complication takes you off that that course and shifts you into the hospital route. Yeah, like you can get blown off your trajectory. Tra- you can get blown off your trajectory like that, yeah. like in an instant. Yeah. And then your planned, all your plans for your perfect birth or whatever are out the window. Yeah. And uh, so if you're like very attached into having things a very specific way and you want to do things in a very specific style, mm-hmm. you have a, your whole like philosophy of parenting planned out and all that yeah. stuff. And it's really important to get right in there right from the beginning. Yeah. And you're doing all this stuff pre-birth as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing goes wrong and that goes all out the window. So like what well, are you going to do then? And it's then? compounded by the fact that you're um, in the moment you as a mother are very focused on, you know, how is the baby, right? Yeah. As soon as something goes wrong, that's you. St- then you start to think again about all the things that can go wrong and um, all the different complications. So it's, yeah, all your planning can kind of go out, go out the window. So it there. seems like more prudent to plan for like the most like highest safety, lowest risk yeah possible you can't think about it too much it's a weird balance i was talking to another friend of mine and um there's sort of there's sort of a you you can't go too far one way or the other um you can't go too far thinking about like focusing on the worst things that can happen because if you've if you're um like if you've especially if you are a person who can give birth um you've heard stories and if you're older you know the worst things that have happened. You know people where the worst things have happened to them. So you you know those things and you have to acknowledge them, but you can't dwell on them too much um, because if you do, you're not you're not going to really bond. And the bonding process starts when the baby's in in utero, uh, when you're still pregnant. Um, and for you mentally, um, if you focus too much on on the bad and what could go bad, um, I I think my view is that you're gonna that's just it's starting you off on the wrong foot for mental health as a new parent. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And uh, but you can't not acknowledge it. You do have to. No, like, you have to be aware. You have to be aware. Like I've known. I mean, you have to be able to confront the reality of what the birthing process. Yeah, is. like I personally know people where they've taken the baby all the way up to term and had a stillbirth. Exactly. Or the mother has died, or whatever has happened. Like, even though the risks are much lower than they used to be, those things do still happen. Um, so you have to you have to find the balance there. But I think if you're if you're too idealized, too, you know, nothing bad will happen, um, then you are setting yourself up for a really bad time when something doesn't go right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone knows about postpartum and stuff. But, but it's like also it's, anxiety, too. Like, it's not just yeah, depression. It can not be just anxiety. Um, it could be a lot of anxiety. And also, like, a lot of families... People with close-knit social networks and whatnot Mm -hmm. um, don't realize, well, it's good to have a lot of support at the beginning, one, but also um, with that support needs to be uh, calmness and peace is number one, like, Mm -hmm. priority. So, like, as few people around as possible. Our family's been very good for that. It's very small. We've kind of got, like, team grandma. Um, Teen grandma is good. Shout out to the grandmas. Yeah. And, so um, nice to have two mothers, both mothers mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Invaluable resources. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I, I um, again, I haven't gone through the process yet. So 
I definitely don't discount that I could absolutely lose my mind uh, while it's happening. Um, oh, I fully intend to <laughs> as well. So it'd be nice if you did as well. <laughs> um, I feel like at this point, because uh, we have the scheduled C-section and I've steeled myself for that. <laughs> if it ends up being a natural birth, that's going to be more alarming to me <laughs> than a C-section. Actually, yeah, exactly. I'm going to be like, oh, wow, like, that wasn't oh, what I was planning on. <laughs> that comes with its own set of uh, circumstances. Yes. Uh, so, and I, I feel like they just like, when you're an older, I'm not like ancient and decrepit, but when you're in your thirties, having your baby for the first time, they, your doctor, even your midwife kind of makes an assumption that, you know, what's happening. And I kind of do, but like, I also, I'm like, boy, I hope they give me a little more coaching, like (laughs) in the moment. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as ask well. questions as well. I mean, I'm sure yeah. whoever is in the birthing room, yeah. it's not their first rodeo. Yeah. Um, they've encountered every possible type of birthing situation before. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, like, I wouldn't be trying to, like, freestyle or take control of no. the situation in any way, shape, or form. No. I'd be like you guys are the pros. I'm going to do what you're going to tell me yeah. to do. So like, and I'm not going to question it. Yeah. So remains to be seen. Um, there's, yeah. So we've got a scheduled date, but of course, 37 weeks. I mean, she could go at any time. Your, your natural due date now is, I just want to mention it because it's, because <laughs> it's cool uh, and fun is September 11th. Yes. Uh, pushed back. It got pushed back to September 11th. So, you know, um, if the C-section doesn't go off as planned, uh, we're possibly looking at a 9-11 baby here. (laughs) Kids these days don't even know what that means anyways. So, um, I know, but we do. We do. So that would be cool. I mean, we're (laughs) going to redeem 9-11. Uh, uh, we're going to turn it into a date of, uh, of hope and possibility. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I guess, uh, whenever we record the next podcast, then no, here's, here's, if another, it goes well, no, we'll have an update. Me, hold if on, it doesn't, dear. uh, we'll never speak of it okay, again. I've dad joke here. <laughs> oh, okay. If the baby is born on nine 11, then I can always say to my new child, that the day you were born was my personal 9-11. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Apologies to any of the New Yorkers listening. <sighs> we're in Winnipeg. We don't know what 9-11 is. Oh, my God. We don't know what happened. So it's it's 20 years ago, and it's we can, we can have fun with it now. Is it too soon? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've been living with, everyone. Just he's running through the dad material. Uh, he's, he's getting into the dad vibes, but like, (laughs) I'm trying to actually, I mean, to be completely serious, like (laughs) I am really anxious about Mm -hmm. the baby coming. I think you are too. Oh yeah. I think we're trying to manage it in and, and express it in as healthy a way as possible. Yeah. We're both trying to keep it light. Yeah. I mean, uh, inappropriate humor is just kind of something that happens with me any, yeah at any time, but like it's more. I'm definitely acting out more so. Yeah, I'm more anxious. I would say I'm less anxious about the birth because that will just be what it is and there will be professionals. Unless I, like, sneeze and have the baby on the kitchen floor, um, there will be professionals present who know what they're doing. I have more anxiety about when we bring the baby home and we have a baby. (laughs) And... uh, the learning curve, which is my mom is coming to spend some time, which is very comforting. Um, my acting out is by, uh, the classic, uh, impulse to nest, um, and acquire baby things. Jill has two, two modes, nesting and hoarding. Those are are the two Jill modes. Now the same thing. They've now melded. They've melded. Um, so I've acquired, uh, I think most of the, anything I haven't acquired, my mother has acquired or your mother has acquired. Um, Mothers be acquiring. Yeah. And, uh, so that 
that is very comforting to me. Definitely over-acquired clothing. Um, it's so easy to thrift baby clothes. I, like, I've had to stop going to the thrift store because it's too easy. Um, you figured it out. Yeah. You're complaining before about uh, expensive baby clothes, but now you... It's all the other baby stuff that's, that's can be stupid. We complained about the bespoke uh, baby upcycling. Yeah. Okay, so we don't need to do that again. No, no, no. Um, but anyways, lots of, got all the baby, the baby things. Um, more now, I think I have more anxiety just around making, like getting the renovations done so that there's like, I'm going as fast as I can, dear. Um, I just like, okay, where, where will we put the baby and where will I change? Where will John we'll be, be changing? putting where the will baby John be changing the baby's diapers? on the nice, clean new floors, the vinyl <laughs> plank that I'm about to put in. They'll be, it'll be off gassing straight into the baby's lungs. The, the baby, I'll just roll the baby around on, on the floor. You got to hope for nice weather in September so we can keep the door screen doors open. That's the best time. You get the best weather in September. Yeah. Honestly, I can't wait for September. We might not do an episode in September, but you never know. Yeah. We might not have much to do. (laughs) Uh, Babies do a lot of, I mean, uh, it depends on your baby. I was a colicky baby. I did a lot of fussing and screaming for the first few months. So I have a lot of bad. Not me, I was a perfect baby. You were, I think, a calm baby. Uh, I have a lot of bad karma, baby karma built up. Um, so we'll see whether or not that plays out for me. I hope my good... I <laughs> balances bad, it out. <laughs> well, I hope my good baby karma balances it out, because I don't want to be involved in that. <laughs> Noise-canceling headphones. Yeah. If any of you listening can buy me a set of noise-canceling <laughs> headphones, I'd, I'd very much appreciate it. I have lots of earplugs. Um, Not good enough. <laughs> I need full-out automated noise-canceling, AI-generated <laughs> headphones. Okay. <laughs> um, and I need them stat. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're... No, John is doing an excellent job getting things ready. I'm kind of poking my way around uh, being very big and slow and tired. Very dumpty. Oh, very dumpty. Like. Yeah. John takes me out to float in a lake once in a while, which is nice. Um it's pretty good. Yeah. We go to the lake and we float. Mm-hmm. Feels good. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just now we're just in the waiting game. I find like I keep checking my calendar oh, and man. counting the days. We should take take the opportunity to shout out. Um, you think um, many people outside Manitoba might not know this, but like Manitoba's beaches, mm-hmm. we are we have like some of the biggest lakes in the world yeah. and uh, they're ringed by like spectacular big wide uh white sand beaches yeah um like envy of the world level uh beaches and manitobans go down to mexico or the caribbean on the for uh their winter vacations or whatever uh but uh the beaches in manitoba would uh, rival a caribbean beach on good years, I'm saying I'm no, I can see your face, <laughs> but people who don't live in Manitoba don't know this, so I can bullshit a little bit. And uh, all the Manitobans listening, keep your mouth shut you, uh, about the real state of our beaches this right year. now, which this year is not pretty, okay? But on good years, they're beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so, like, going to... Uh, like we live an hour away from an inland ocean, basically, mm-hmm. with like uh, world tier uh, beaches. Uh, so we're trying to get get out to there yeah. as much as possible. And also, I'm finding that we've been doing this like as a weekly ritual now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's really f- fun and helpful and helps to calm me down and reduce my anxiety to be around children yeah. and families. Because mm-hmm. um, there's like there's a lot of young. Children and babies, mothers, fathers, big... There's a lot of families at the beach, yeah. folks. And uh, seeing all of them around and what what they're doing and uh, it's been really nice for me. Yeah, I yeah enjoy, absolutely. I enjoy, like, the uh, squeals and howls and screams of uh, young children. Mm-hmm. Screams in a good time. way. Yeah. Um, I think that's... I haven't really been... I've mostly been, yeah, like, crafting and just kind of 
while John's been like working hard, um, trying to do as much as I can, which is not very much. Well, John's been working hard. Jill's been hardly working. That's completely true. <laughs> uh, I'm doing the internal work growing uh, a human. So that's a lot of work. That's I wouldn't want to trade places with you, honestly. Yeah. I think that's. I think what you're doing is more hard work and is more important than <laughs> me uh, fixing the ceiling or the floors. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. So uh, everyone, Oops. keep your fingers crossed. Knock wood. Hopefully, we have a nice little update for the next podcast with like a baby gurgling in the background. The next. Uh, the next podcast episode will just be a baby like gurgling and crying, and then me and Jill going like, uh, 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 um, uh. although I feel like being extremely pregnant is good practice, uh, because I get up to pee five times a night anyways now. Um, but when you're waking up to feed, that's just, you're, you're definitely waking up a lot more cause you get to get up, feed the baby. It takes longer than going to the bathroom. Um, so nothing can fully prepare you, but at least like I haven't slept through the night for, uh, probably a month now. So yeah, it's been tough to sleep in the same bed with you. Gotta <laughs> say. It's going to get tougher. But, yeah, I'm going to do it. It's not like I have anywhere else to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's not so, it's not so much of a sacrifice. Any good, uh, birth, baby, pregnancy, uh, media, obviously the best a movie about being pregnant is Alien. Right. And yeah. uh, any good, like, pregnancy or birth music? Not music. No. I mean, I've been following a few Instagram accounts. Some are better than others. Um, uh, I have been following, like, I've actually been finding, like, the breastfeeding ones are, are interesting. Um, I find, like, the... A lot of the, like, new mom... Instagrams or anything like that are very rich white lady heavy. Um, and it's, yeah, it's not uh, completely unrelatable and yeah, it's not, uh, it doesn't feel very useless. Yeah. It doesn't feel useful. So I have stayed no away. point to exist to, for them to exist. So I've stayed away from, from following those. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really consumed. I've done more. It's more like Googling. It's like when something comes up, like a question, I've just been like doing some reading. That's probably mostly what I've been doing. Reading's always the best. I mean, mm -hmm. when it comes down to it. Yeah. Everyone says, uh, reading's passe. It's so 20th century. I don't like watching like the videos, like the reels of people explaining things. Um, there are a few uh, Instagram accounts that are like doctors who are like either breastfeeding or like maternity care doctors that are pretty handy. Um, I did see one, I think it might've been a, no, somebody I follow on Instagram, but they just sort of showed like a maneuver for calming the baby. Um, that was like, it burped the baby and calmed the baby at the same time. So like things like that are, are interesting, but I haven't gone too hard on those i feel like that's a rabbit hole i don't know if i want to don't get don't all the go. way down avoid all rabbit holes at all costs <laughs> please yeah listeners avoid rabbit holes mm -hmm. don't don't make the same mistake me and joel did <laughs> don't get obsessed with one thing oh, oh no have a wide variety of interests <laughs> we're over an hour for uh for talking an hour. i think i ran out of the energy that that uh that slurp of coffee gave me yep uh, we're going to wrap it up here then. Thanks for listening to our last pre-baby uh, podcast. Hopefully. Sorry, it wasn't more interesting. Have we said what <laughs> uh, what the gender slash sex of the baby is? I don't know which one to use. Oh, well, Do we sex. want to? It's a sex because gender Do we want to say? Oh, well, she's a girl. She's a girl. <laughs> we might have already said that. Yeah. I don't know. But... Uh, Yep, that's it. We'll we'll leave you there. Hopefully, uh, the next podcast, yeah, uh, we'll have a third mic set up for the baby. <laughs> um, probably, I would imagine that uh, baby will still be in mostly sleep mode at that point. But uh, in meantime, in the meantime, uh, what uh, few listeners we have, you're probably going to get a few doses of uh, talking about rabbit holes. My current rabbit holes. We're going to do a few more uh, Red River Resistance episodes. Mm -hmm. 
maybe uh maybe a new uh Mennonite history episode you never know uh so from these Jill episodes are great because like I am um I'm not generally like a bleak and dark or depressing <laughs> person I hope not anyway um I'm not a big uh what's it a uh, hater of humanity misanthrope or misanthrope, whatever yeah uh I don't just like talking about horrific and bleak things um I mostly like uh, nice things mm-hmm. and happy things, <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm I can't help what I'm interested in, and I had no idea that learning about uh, local history would be so uh, traumatizing. Yeah, but uh, I'm gonna keep doing it. Absolutely. Because uh, what am I gonna do? Like give up? Stop halfway through? It gets. I wanna I wanna see what happens. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we all want to see what happens. But we'll leave it there. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.